I'm Andrew Faust, Permaculture Perspectives. Today, I wanted to do a brief, potentially we'll see, sharing with you, my gentle listeners. And it is in regards to the technologies that are so eminent and prolific in our society and some of my thoughts about how we can weed through our choices and think more, perhaps, carefully than we're being encouraged to do in many instances about these different technologies. Uh, Largely, we live in a society that is very technocentric. We are lovers of technology to the degree of being pure apologists for it. And what I mean by that is that we have a social atmosphere in the United States, in the G20 nations, around the acceptableness, the inherent wonderfulness of technological innovations. Very little critical, analytical thinking that goes on with technology, arguably one of the most important aspects of our lives to be getting very thoughtful about and careful about, especially considering that we put it on such a pedestal. And that is why I would like to bring it down off of that pedestal and show what is the real beauty of design that does not rely upon technology, artifice, material aspects of the outer world, but rather on our capacity to do well simply by virtue of being and starting with that as a predicate, setting up a world where everyone's quality of life is so well situated and provided for by virtue of our egalitarian social values that the individual no longer is pitted one against the other but is supported inherently by a well-organized cooperative social and economic and political system which is not what we have at the present and this reliance on technology widgets, toys exterior material aspects of the entertainment industry is largely a result of an economy that is maladaptive, dysfunctional, and destructive to human well-being as we know it. And the way that monstrous aberration rears its head most often is in selling us a bunch of junk that we just simply don't need, made from a vast array of mined, extracted, refined, and incredibly complicated, highly polluting and exploitative materials. And so by virtue of using and depending upon and in some way perceived benefit from these toys that we've been handed by the military-industrial complex, what Rosalie Bertel would say, she's a PhD physicist and a nun who has a deep ethical conscience and questions much of our dependence on militarism 
as a modality of funding and financing our economy. And what she's saying is we have to stop taking hand-me-downs from the military. And what she's talking about is primarily, you know, cell phones, computers, um, a lot of these technologies that I'm questioning at the forefront of our present social perception of uh, being advanced by virtue of our uh, prolific use of these technologies. He calls in particular computers and cell phones and all this computerized use of our communication system really is about surveillance and was primarily innovated in the military sector for the purpose of use in the field during warfare and then became something that went into the public sector and the consumer sector but initially it was created by and for the military and so she says we have to stop taking hand-me-downs from the military for this reason and cars and computers are the two that I want to pull out and uh, put up against the wall and finish them off and say, you know, let's have complete non-attachment to these as things that we consider to be necessary. In fact, let's design an infrastructure and a way of living that fundamentally without cars or computers would continue to be robust, resilient, and vital. And what does that look like? I would suggest we have a very lack a very uh, undeveloped understanding of what this new infrastructure needs to be that is adequately responding at the very least to the pressures of climate chaos, human-induced climate chaos that needs to be turned around by redesigning our infrastructure in a way that does not repeat the mistakes of the past and the repeating of the mistakes of the past is implicit in what we are doing with single function mega solar, mega wind and mega hydro technologies to just try to supplant what is a poorly designed maladaptive import-export energy hog of an infrastructure to keep that afloat with renewables is morally and ethically culpable and just plain bad design. And as we define what is good design, we will see the good design checks off all the boxes that we would want it to. It's resilient, it's equitable, it's low maintenance, it's reliable, easy to bring back online when we need a active system service because we've maximized our passive technologies, ways of doing things that don't require any electricity, cooling systems that are based on ice houses and insulation and earth-bermed large refrigeration distribution hubs throughout Ulster County that can feed our entire population all the potatoes we need all winter long as well as onions, as well as garlic, 
And now, when the grid is down, when the trucks stop running, instead of our food supply disappearing in three days, we'll have all the food we need in an earth burn, passively cooled root cellar for the community that was funded for and paid for by our own taxes. And right now, our subsidies, our taxes in this country are creating mega solar farms right where we could grow potatoes to go potato self-reliant. And I'm advocating for this as the foundation of at least a beginning to a rational conversation about what we really need. We don't need cars. We don't need computers. We don't need giant solar farms. We do need potatoes. And I think that it's important to frame things in this type of language so that we draw the attention of our thinking to the real absurdity of what we have before us in the present land use pattern of the technocratic, industrial, over-engineered, militarized infrastructure of the United States and arguably much of what we would call the first world, second world nations. This is about creating a new model of economic development, and it's a model of economic development that doesn't depend upon cars and computers as the primary driver of your economy, but instead actually depends upon resilient, well-thought-out, integrated food systems for local communities that fit their food needs first and their energy needs second into a well-thought-out land-use pattern for their watershed, for their region, for their community that is about master planning, full design, and eliminating our reliance upon active systems where they are, where they are a hindrance to us, which uh, is in places like heating and cooling and doing those as much as we can without toxic technologies and with renewable, appropriate scale, integrated technologies. So there's an over-reliance, over-enthusiastic emphasis on these products, these devices, when what we want to be thinking more about is the service they provide and say to ourselves as a community, as a population in a given geography, how do we want to get around in this landscape? What are the best modes of multiple modes of transportation with thinking first about low energy ones when it comes to movement? How can we use gravity? How can we re-bring in light rail where we often have abandoned rail corridors that can have multi-uses going on. Bike trail, monorail, light rail. Railroads are ten times more energy efficient than cars are and trucks in moving materials and can be run off of much more efficient levels of renewable energy generation. So, looking at the whole system, looking at the whole landscape, not looking at the end of the pipe, single function, single use technologies, or even multi-use ones who depend upon a highly extractive, long-distance transportation, import-export model of economic growth and infrastructure development. And we need to look carefully, holistically, 
at redesigning, reconfiguring our infrastructures with a green economy in mind and a deep green economy, one that says the objective is to create jobs, resilience, get food out of trash, and start to grow our own food economy here by building soil, building energy systems that are based on low-tech, more nature-based, like decomposition and biodegradation and plants growing actually being a major part of where our fuel can be coming from, not these much more complicated high-tech energy systems that we're seeing get rolled out in ways that make not good design sense for our communities nor for our region. So thanks for listening. Cars and computers, I'll have more to say about wrapping this up.